And there are websites like AirDNA that, uh, you know, analyze what other, you know, similar properties are renting for and what events are going on. And it'll just spit out like, here's the which uh, charge you should have for that particular day. Hello, and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello, and welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. With me, uh, we got Matt Jones on this Wednesday. We Well, every Wednesday, Matt. How are you doing today? Fantabulous. How about you, Todd? I haven't heard that in a long time, uh, but I'm doing good. I'm not doing quite fantabulous, but I'm doing I'm doing excellent actually. We got our power back, so we we lost power uh, last night. The worst part about us losing power is we storm comes by. We it's it's crazy that we lose power because it's all buried uh, lines, and there must be something because literally when we moved into this place, we lost power all the time for one summer. Then the power company came by, they did some repairs and we never lost power now for the, like the next seven years. And then they came by last year and made some repairs and now we constantly lose power again. <laughs> uh, but it, it's the worst part about it is not necessarily the, the fact that we lost power is the fact that we have well and septic and we can't use the water when the power goes out. So, huh. yeah. <laughs> so that's the worst part about it is the water usage is like, ah, crap, don't wash your hands or do, but like, you got to be like super quick. Cause mm. once the water runs out, it's gone, it's done. The well pump does not pump water anymore. So, you know, what we've had it a couple of times where you got to go to the store and get some water because it's, it's not going, um, you know, we've sent our kids to grandparents' house to take showers. We can take showers at our, our fitness gym, but uh, yeah, so it's it's always an adventure. That's what we live for, though, right? Yeah, well, maybe you need to get one of those like little house in the prairie uh, hand crank pumps to bring up the water Ooh, from the well. Great idea. Or I could just get a uh, generator, which I oh. might have to do uh, mm. in-house full generator. We have a little portable one that we uh, will use, and we'll run some extension cords through the house to like power some necessary items, but it doesn't run the the well pump so mm. <laughs> that's just how it goes oh well yeah oh well so matt we're uh we've been doing this kind of series here if if listeners if you haven't caught them all we've talked about various different asset classes multifamily self-storage um commercial uh office uh industrial and so on so we've covered a lot of different topics and uh, so to go back to some of those episodes, take a listen. Matt, what are we going to hit on today? Short-term rentals. We've talked about it before, but it's been a little while. So it's good to have a little bit of an update on that. Yeah. And of course, there's been some guests on the show that have done short-term rentals or are doing short-term rentals. So you can definitely search those out uh, on the podcast and they talk about their experiences with short-term rentals. But uh, we'll dive in a little bit to short term. And we talked about hotels uh, a couple of weeks ago, right? And so short term rentals definitely are associated with hotels because they are, you know, part of that, um, you know, short term stay, um, you know, tourism, hospitality and tourism uh, industry, but definitely a little bit different. 
Yep, exactly. I mean, it's, uh, it's easy access to create your own hotel. If you just, even just have like a, a piece of your yard that you can rent out for people to camp on with their tents, uh, then you can get started with that. Yeah, super easy to get started. We are actually uh, visiting some of our uh, friends in um, a small town that they live in, and they have this beautiful old uh, house that's uh, got a finished third level and uh, it's just like the attic it's you know old early early century 19th century house and they rent out the attic and it, it, they didn't have to do really much of anything uh, other than make sure it's furnished but there's already a bathroom up there um, bedroom kind of living space there's no full kitchen they do have a little mini fridge up there but there's no full kitchen up there um so that's the only maybe downfall that their guests don't get is is the kitchen. Uh, and of course, most short-term rentals do have the kitchens uh, included, but, but anyways, it was a great way for them to make some supplemental, you know, income and kind of test it out and see if they liked it. They actually have a garage that they're looking at, well, should we put a unit in that garage? And so they said, well, the easy thing would be to let's rent this attic out. And so that's what they're doing right now. But it got to us to talking and it's funny with these short-term rentals, like the trust you're putting in these strangers and in, in it kind of both ways. It's amazing. It's quite, quite frankly, it's amazing that we don't hear more incidences of issues that happen because when you think about it, like you're renting from somebody you've never met before. You don't know them from anybody and they have full access, full keys to your apartment. So, or, to wherever you're staying. So you check in and they could come in anytime, steal your stuff, do it, harm you, whatever. And you're allowing, especially like our friends, like people have to walk through their house, you know, so they're allowing strangers to walk through their house. They could have some weirdo that breaks down, you know, breaks into their regular house because it wouldn't be that hard, their interior doors. Um, but you're just putting a lot of trust into it. And I think it's amazing that it's been so many years of this and it's worked out extremely well for the most part. I mean, there's isolated incidences, right? That happen. Of course, that's going to always happen, but it's been very safe and very good. Um, you know, I guess sharing of, of houses for, for everybody involved. Yeah, exactly. And those horror stories, uh, you know, tend to involve like a big party that gets thrown on your property and then everything is trashed and, and then uh, insurance won't cover it for whatever reason. And, and then you're kind of stuck holding the bag. Yeah. And I think part of it, you know, like uh, Airbnb, they do a really good job. VRBO, uh, you know, these these places do a really good job, not only making sure that you know, the hosts, the hosts get ratings, right? And they kick them off if they do poorly. And same thing with the guests, the guests get ratings and they kick you off and you can't rent anymore if you have ratings. Also like felony charges and things like that. Like you can't rent places if you've got a big criminal history um, and they'll get you off of that. And oh, I recently heard of a story of, you know, somebody who had, um, you know, a, a felony and wasn't allowed to rent through Airbnb, but like their aunt or somebody, um, you know, was, and so they, their aunt would book pl a place for them. And, and anyways, um, 
that somehow got figured out and the aunt got kicked off of it as well. Mm. And so there, you know, Airbnb, VRBO, there's, there's a bookings and there's all kinds of other places that do these short-term rentals, but they've gotten pretty good. I think at, at trying to make sure we've got good, safe people uh, involved in both ways, uh, both sides of the story. Yep. And there's quite a variety of short-term rental options uh, that you could use. Uh, there's a uh, stow it, which is like the Airbnb, but just for like garage space. So mm-hmm. um, like when I, uh, one of my triplexes I owned in Minneapolis, I, none of the tenants wanted to rent out the garage space for $50 a month. And so, uh, but then I used stow it to rent it out for a hundred dollars a month. <laughs> so that worked out wow. uh, for me, but uh, you can rent out your, your pool by the hour. You can rent out your, your car, your RV, your boat, uh, your um, parking space. Uh, you name it. I mean, <laughs> if uh, if you can rent it, there's an app for it. Yeah, and, and that's really cool. There's there's so many different options, I and mean, we're looking at renting our um, our camper. And you know, you look at that, and you go, "Hey, we can we can rent that camper, and within just a couple of years, we will literally make our original purchase of our camper back by renting it out." I told my wife jokingly, I said, "Hey, you know, she wants a a." Uh, a Range Rover, which those are expensive vehicles and I'm cheap. Right. And my wife's cheap too. But so I'm like, Hey, we'll get you a brand new Range Rover. We're just going to put it on Turo for a year to two years and rent it out until we pay for that car in full. Yeah. That was, that was the deal. Now she, she laughed and she said, I don't need the Range Rover and I'm not going to do that. But at the same time that you could easily do that and you, people do it with Lamborghinis, people do it with all kinds of stuff and people do it with their houses. So let's, let's dive into the houses since that's what we're focused on today. Um, one interesting thing, Matt, I think that's happening right now with the Airbnb is you're hearing your short-term rentals is um, you're hearing rumblings of it being an oversaturated market. And so I think you got to be really careful uh, and and you always have to be really careful, right? With real estate, with anything about where you're investing, but you have to understand uh, the, the dynamics and what's going on in your specific market and what the demand is for that. And so you really want to look and understand uh, the occupancy percentage, um, you know, the overall kind of absorption rate, so to speak of these, these units and, you know, what's happening with the rents are the rents going up or the rents going down? Is the occupancy going up? Is it going down uh, and understand kind of the trend lines and what's happening in your market. Um, also looking at, you know, the city too, and, and what the municipality is doing or a county is doing, you know, are they going to restrict you? So you can't, do what you're planning on doing before Minneapolis. I think Matt, was it Minneapolis? I know Minneapolis put in some, some big regulations. Do you remember exactly what it was? Cause you used to be able to have unlimited amounts of short-term rentals and Minneapolis put a big restriction in. Do you remember? Yeah, it was like you could only have uh, one unit that wasn't your own house, I think, okay. if, so, if, I, so, if that's correct. I, I... So that's what comes up in my head too, is I think it was only one short-term rental that wasn't your own house. And so people that had 10, 20, 30, they weren't grandfathered in. All of a sudden they had to get rid of them or you know, rent them under the table without Minneapolis approving it, right? Or or convert them to like uh, traveling nursing, you know, midterm housing or midterm you know, or long-term yeah. housing. Right. So they had to do something else. That's a big problem because short-term rentals, you're getting better income off of. 
So now all of a sudden you've got this great income coming in and you got to convert it. And you're like, crap, I paid too much to do that. Uh, and so that, that could be a big problem if that happens in your location as well. Um, but what's happening right now, I think for the most part, there, there's that, there's certainly the government regulations, but there's oversaturation in specific markets, not every market, but in a lot of markets, there's oversaturation. So you just got to be careful what's happening there. Yep, exactly. And uh, I mean, also the technology is really good for running these. I, I think the more technology you put into place and the less you take yourself or the more you take yourself out of the operation side where you let the technology and other people do the running of it, uh, you know, that's better because then you can operate more units if less of your time is being allocated per unit. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's always been my biggest hesitation is I know how much a long-term rental takes. Right. And that's one resident that stays there the entire year. And oftentimes, especially when we're dealing with a single family or duplex, they might stay there for five, 10, 15 years. Right. And I know how much, how much time that can take. And so my biggest hesitation has always been, well, geez, I got not just one, I've got, you know, 100 people that are staying in my place in, in a year. Uh, that can add up really quickly to repairs and maintenance, to to you know to renter issues, um, just all kinds of things that can pop up that I might have to deal with. Now you are getting a different renter profile, right? Um, you're getting potentially somebody that um, could be better, but also could be potentially worse too because they're staying there a short period of time, and you know they might be there for party reasons or whatever it is. And, and so it could cause some damage. They don't care. They're only staying there for a few days. They don't care that if they ever take their shoes off, um, they don't, they don't care if something's slightly damaged or, you know, whatever, they're not going to report everything to you. Now, some people are great at that, right? I, I'm always trying to treat it like my own house, but other people, they don't really care. Yep. I mean, and I think the strategy is somewhat similar to uh, hotels and resorts where you want to think about, you you play into the strengths of the area. So if there's a, you know, beach or, you know, uh, other attractions that are nearby, play into that and, and make yeah. your property more unique with amenities that maybe other places don't have, where, where it's kind of a destination to go to this uh, Airbnb or VRBO or whatever, where you, like when you're looking at the list as a consumer, then you, you see like, oh, this place is really cool, much cooler than the other places. So I don't mind paying a little more uh, for this unique experience. Yeah, understand what your superpower can be, right? And really play to that. And I think you're speaking exactly what is going to make some of these areas that are maybe struggling with a little bit of occupancy issue, that's going to make these people stand apart and they're going to continue to make money where the ones that are just like, they got the cheap place um, that just, just as like nobody wants to rent there. Well, it's okay when it's hot and there's nothing like there's nothing available, like that place is going to get booked out. But when I've got a hundred options and they're all kind of the same, I'm going to look for something that stands out a little bit more. Right. And, and I'm willing to pay a little bit more. And now you might have to drop your rents a little bit, but you're going to be the best option because 
you have those amenities or you have something that's really unique and cool. And, you know, look, if I'm going to go to Northern Minnesota or Wisconsin, and I've got this uh, two bedroom or sorry, three bedroom, two bath. Um, and it looks like it was built in 2000, you know, vinyl siding, nothing special. Right? If I got that property and I got a beautiful log cabin, gorgeous windows, you know, maybe some cool features around. I'm going to go with the beautiful log cabin, right? Because that's so much cooler than this house that anybody else that that I've been in a hundred times, right? Like, I don't care about that house. I like the cool log cabin. Maybe it's got some cool features. Like, I'm going to pay a little bit more. Yep, exactly. And if you can create some Instagrammable sort of spaces within there and include those in the pictures of the listing where people are like, oh, I want to rent this place out so I can, uh, you know, you know, take pictures that make me look cool. Um, and yeah. so that attracts people as well. Lakes are big here, mm -hmm. right? Lakes are big kind of everywhere, but lakes are big in Minnesota. And if so, if you got a lake, do you have a boat that they can access? Do you have a pontoon they can access? Do you have jet skis? Do you have, um, do you have uh, paddle boards? kayaks like what can they access and by the way you can charge more for those things mm -hmm. um but do you have those things that they can access because if they can you're going to probably rent out much quicker than somebody else that doesn't have that stuff that just has a place on a lake because if i'm going to a place on a lake with my family i want to be able to do stuff i don't want to just have to look at the lake and wish i could be on a boat i want to get on the boat right so that that like let's think about what we got there i love short-term rentals as a consumer um that we we go on vacations and i've got two kids and my wife and the worst thing here's here's my biggest pet peeve of a hotel okay so we go to the hotel and my kids are getting older now so it's a little bit different but when my kids especially when they're young we go to a hotel and it's you know, eight, nine o'clock. And I need my kids to go to bed. They have to go to bed. I'm not tired yet. I'm not going to bed at eight o'clock. Well, what happens when the hotel, I got to shut the lights off. We got to make it real quiet. There's two beds in there. There's two queen beds, you know, or maybe two Kings, whatever. My kids are fighting because they don't want to sleep next to each other. So they're, they're fighting and yelling at each other and being goofy and whatever. And I can't get them to sleep. And I got, I got to just lay in bed with it next to them in the bed next to them. My wife and I were just laying there. You know, that's, that's what you deal with at a hotel with a family. Right. I, and I've talked to a lot of people and everybody's like, yeah, oh my gosh. You know, I hate, I hate that. You know, now it's, my kids are a little bit older, so we can, we can leave and you know, we, it's not as bad, but especially back then. So when we look, what we would always look for is a short-term rental that had a separate bedroom, right? And so we can go into that bedroom or we can put the kids in that bedroom and we can hang out in the common, the living room, and we don't have to worry about it. And we really love it when they have bunk beds or something like that, where we can throw each kid in their own bed or at least a couch in the room or something like that, where we can move them to different spaces. But it's so much more convenient than the hotel room. And quite frankly, most of the time, the price is negligible. Like it's, it's maybe even cheaper for the short-term rental. Yeah. And you, sometimes it can be more comfortable at the same time, but way uh, more comfortable. 
you know, I'm when I'm looking at short-term rentals uh, for myself and my wife, uh, always looking at the details, not just the price, but, uh, you know, maybe somewhere has a great price, but they don't have any towels, or, you know, and we're traveling and we need some towels to take a shower. That's that's the problem. So, you know, check that off the list. Um, and they lost their, my business, at least. Uh, so those details really stand out. Um, or can you make your property stand out uh, above the others? Yeah, yep. Def- definitely um, check the listing and make sure they got what you truly want. Um, yeah, we, we rent them for business a lot too. We, you know, especially if I'm traveling with, you know, a lot of times we have investors that come with, we have, um, you know, some of our business partner, you know, the three of us or asset manager, whoever. And it's, so it's multiple people. Well, instead of each person having their own hotel room, um, again, we can rent a, a short-term rental with, you know, three bedrooms, four bedrooms, whatever it might be. We can hang out with each other that evening when we finally wrap up for the day. Um, and we can all have our separate space, separate bedroom that we can still go to. So we're not each in our own hotel room spending way more money than what we what we would need to. Yep, that makes sense. And then also when you're operating a short-term rental, it's important to pay attention to what are the local goings-ons, you know, are, are there, is there an event or concert or whatever uh, that, you know, you can increase your price because there's going to be more demand during that particular weekend or those days. Like uh, in Minneapolis, there was the Super Bowl that happened a few years ago. And if uh, the Airbnb people didn't jack up their prices uh, sky high during that time, they were really loosened out uh, because people were coming in droves to uh, go to the Super Bowl. I was so disappointed because I had a fourplex that was literally blocks away from the stadium. And it's a long-term rental fourplex. And I didn't have any leases expiring. I was like, man, I wish I had some leases expiring because I could have gotten so much money off that. And I was thinking about, you know, maybe I should just like arbitrage with my current tenants and saying, hey, uh, <laughs> I'll let you rent this out. You know, we'll split some profits. I'll help you get it set up. Uh, I never did that. My guess is some of them maybe took advantage of it. Uh, I know I probably would have, but uh, yeah, pay attention to those events that are coming to town because that can really boost uh, your occupancy, of course, and boost your rates big time. Um, Yeah. really allow you to maximize profits. Yep. And there are websites like AirDnd or the AirDNA that uh you know analyze what other you know similar properties are renting for and what events are going on and it'll just spit out like hey, here's the what ch- uh, charge you should have for that particular day. Yep. So the biggest thing as an operator to really understand like if, before you get into the business understand your numbers, talk to property management companies that that specialize in short-term rentals, go to websites like AirDNA and make sure that there's the demand and and understand, you know, look, you can go to AirDNA and you can literally type in your address and figure out exactly uh, what the typical apartment community or uh, sorry, home or townhome or whatever is going to rent, how much it's going to rent for and what the occupancy is going to be. And so you can say, look, the, the occupancy is going to be 
and uh, we're going to get an average of $210 a night. Okay, perfect. Now I can run my numbers on that, making sure I've got nice margins there, by the way, because just because it says 64% doesn't mean it's going to stay at 64%. So I want to make sure there's some slush there. Just because it's $200 a night doesn't mean I'm going to always get $200 a night. So I want to, again, I want to make sure there's slush there, but you can run those numbers and understand your expenses too. So we have cleaning expenses, we have higher maintenance and repairs expenses, right? We have booking expenses, all those. So we have to understand what our expenses are. And we can come up and say, okay, this, this deal makes sense. So it can be challenging to make uh, a, a long-term rental make sense, but sometimes a short-term rental makes a lot of sense in, in a certain market. So you want to make sure you know how to underwrite it and you know how to look at the, the demand that's out there. And again, I would highly suggest going to companies that specialize in short-term rentals. And there's brokers, by the way, there's real estate agents and brokers that specialize in selling short-term rentals. And they can help you navigate some of the difficulties to understand exactly how profitable this is going to be, or maybe you're going to end up losing money too. Yep. And if you don't know what you're doing, you can always partner with other people who are already skilled and successful in the space. Yep. Yep. I would challenge anybody who wants to get into it, I would say, look, make sure you understand what you're getting into. Just like with anything, short-term rentals can be very profitable, but they take time and they take energy and they take a knowledge of what's happening in the, in the particular market and what you need to do. Yep, exactly. So I know, I know a few people that were doing short-term rentals and they ended up losing a lot of money and are not doing them anymore. Um, and it's because they just didn't do the homework in the beginning. Yeah. yeah like you said, that's true with any kind of real estate. You can 100%. end up upside down if you're not doing it right. Yep. Absolutely. Well, cool, Matt, anything else? What else do we want to add on here? Oh, I, I mean, uh, there's a whole network of other people that are doing this. So listening to podcasts, going to meetup groups, uh, conferences. Uh, so you're not alone trying to figure out and, and make all the rookie mistakes on your own team up and, and learn from other people. Yeah. One of the things that I'm looking at doing and would like to do just, you know, takes time and thought process and I'm focused on my business. So it's, it's just been a challenge, but I, I got to get my wife, I got to sick her on it. Um, I would like to buy a few places in various locations that we really enjoy um, and and just have those as short-term rentals and then visit them when we want to. And so we could have a couple places in mountain locations because we love to ski uh, and hike in the mountains. We could have a couple beach locations. We could have a, a couple locations on lakes in Minnesota and Wisconsin um, and we don't have to feel obligated to go to any of them, but we can go to them when we want to, if we want to. So that's, that's always been my hesitation, Matt, with buying a cabin is I'm like, well, I don't want to be forced to go there because everybody that I talk to that has a cabin, they're always there, right? They're always there because they feel like they have to be there. Uh, I don't want that. Um, but if you're renting it out, you don't feel obligated, right? Cause you're making money. You almost feel guilty going there because <laughs> oh, you should have been making money on, on that weekend. So uh, that's, that's kind of where I see myself being a, a short-term rental owner is places that I feel like, Hey, I'd like to go there. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense. And I think, uh, you know, I'm not a CPA, but part of your trip there can potentially be a business expense if you're doing some business associated with it as well. 
Yeah. And we've also looked, cause we've got properties, you know, I, I live in Minnesota. My two bar- business partners live in Minnesota. We've got properties that are in Kentucky and, and, um, Ohio and Tennessee. We've looked at buying some short-term rentals, uh, or a, a short-term rental in each of those markets, um, and being able to rent those out. And then when we come to town, we've got a place to stay. Yeah, that's a good idea, actually. So you should do that. Yep. yep. Well, we'll see what the future holds, but thoughts. All right, man. Well, you have a fantastic rest of the day. And to our listeners, make every day a Saturday. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. But your rating and review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to VentureDProperties.com, VentureDProperties.com and download our free ebook on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and also look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out and uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.